The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Astros Baseball. Man of the controls today. I'm your host at Third Coast Tom. And joining me, site expert for Climbing Towels Hill, co-host of Astros Future, Kenny Van Doren. How you doing today, sir? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, crazy day in the Astros baseball world. Wasn't expecting, you know, a couple roster moves and then two immaculate innings all on Dusty birthdays or Dusty Baker's or 73rd birthday. Uh, just a crazy day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely didn't see it going this way. Uh, we'll definitely get into it, you know, recapping the, the Astros Rangers series out in Arlington. Uh, today was Dusty's birthday, if you didn't know, and it was, it was a lot going on on Dusty's birthday. But let's get back to Monday. Uh, the Strohs coming in off of a series with the Mar- or Mariners. No. Um, the Marlins. Marlins, thank you. Wrong M. Uh, didn't, didn't do so well. You know, they were struggling a little bit. You know, they figured they'd get out of the road, get right. Pitching on Monday was Christian Javier. He went against uh, a pitcher by the name of Hearn. Tommy Hearn, I believe his first name is. He looked good. Uh, pitched six, six innings strong. Only gave up five hits, two runs, three walks, seven Ks. Really, really good quality outing considering he came off of, you know, not such a great outing the last couple times out. Uh, the Strohs had Hearn on the ropes early. You know, he really uh, had a lot of traffic. I think there was doubles in each of the first three innings. The Astros just weren't able to do anything with it. But um, let's get into how that, that kind of went a little bit. Uh, top of the first, Jordan leads us off with an RBI, RBI single, gets it going. You know, he's been just a rock, definitely just, I think he's batting close to 500 over the month of June. Crazy, crazy numbers. Top two, uh, Mauricio Dubon with an RBI single. That got Stroh's faithful feeling pretty good. Uh, second inning, how are you feeling? Stroh's up 2-0. Yeah, you feel kind of strong. Uh, Christian Javier, you know, he's, he's had some dominant outings this year, and he's also had some bad ones. You know, we look at that one against the Washington Nationals. We saw Christian Javier at the start of the season in relief, and then a couple starts once Jay Cotarisi got hurt, once he moved to a six-man rotation, he looked um, godly. Like, he, he showed uh, glimpses of humanity over that time, and, uh, you know, he showed a little bit um, – on Monday, but you know, you, you gotta, you gotta trust this guy, you know, he's facing a Rangers lineup. That's been struggling, even with their superstars like Seager, you know, Simeon starting to click a little bit um, in the offensive side, but overall you, you think like these are games you pick up easy wins and you, that you won two out of three of the series and Christian Javier shoves, like he did great. You know, he tossed a quality start and it just falls on the bullpen for that one. And for the best bullpen in baseball, you know, it's just one small hiccup. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, when the Astros score early and often, you definitely feel really good. Uh, continuing on that inning, Brantley with an RBI single, Stroh's up 3-0. Uh, 
Rangers come back, bottom third. Cole Calhoun hits sack fly, brings it a run. It's 3-1. Then it was a, there was a whole lot of defense in between there. Uh, top five, Adolis Garcia robs Jordan of a two-run bomb that would have made it 5-1. to one. Really kind of would have made you feel really good about you know where the Astros were sitting, but it wasn't meant to be. And, and that kind of set him up because that, that next inning in the eighth inning, Ezekiel Duran had an RBI single, then Brad Miller with an RBI single, and Corey Seager with an RBI ground out to give the Rangers the lead. It was the uh, it was one of those games you just felt like the Strohs needed to win that, right? They, they went in, you know, the Rangers, they'd handled. Th- that, that was a team, you know, that they, they won so many series before in the past. And then they turn around and kind of cough this up. Going into that game, the Astros were 30 and 0 when leading after seven. Matt Moore got the save. This was the Rangers' 14th come behind, come come from behind win. What did you how did you feel, you know, coming off that game? Yeah, the, the struggles continued with runners in scoring position. You know, Alex Bregman has been doing a great job of getting on base, but he's not driving in runs. I, I think we could possibly discuss even like changes to the lineup that we'd like to see. Uh, regarding Alex Bregman's spot, you know, a guy who's been getting on base a lot, maybe hits one or two in the lineup, maybe shift up those righties and lefties, put Altuve at three. But other than that, like we know this team has, you know, struggled with runners at second and third, you know, one out, two outs, no outs. And just overall, you know, three run lead is good. Uh, but, you know, you're going into a kind of a, you know, a shaky stretch with your pitching. Um, your bullpen's a little bit uh, gassed coming into Monday. Um, and you just like to see a little bit more offense. You know, they had seven hits off of Taylor Hearn. And a lot of them were hard hit balls. Uh, I mean, that that what was almost a two run homer for Jordan hit over 100 miles an hour. You know, you can't blame him for that. You know, he didn't hit it as you know far as you'd like. And you know, he's going up against one of the best defenders in baseball, and that Elise Garcia. And Adolis is his friend. Uh, you know, they had like a little fun moment the next day. Adolis was you know bowing to him, and it, it was just kind of like a fun little scenario. You know, both Cuban standouts. But you know, overall, you'd like to see a little bit more. I don't know. Um, you like to see you like to see them score with runners in scoring position, and it's just it's kind of like a snake bit situation. But you know, as we'll talk more about the games from Tuesday and Wednesday, they started to get it going. Yeah, I really feel like Hector Neris uh, was just a little overused. I think in that last Marlins series, he got he got uh, some appearances. He leads the team in appearances. I think it was his 29th or 30th appearance, and I just this was that one time I wish they hadn't went to him. You know, he didn't have his good stuff, and, and he ended up co- costing up the game. Moving on to Tuesday, Jose Urquidy picked up the start. Uh, he pitched really well. Six innings, five hits, three earned runs, no walks, four strikeouts. It was it was one of those games, like, you, did, you didn't think you were going to get a good start from Jose, but but you really were glad you were. Uh, he's been one of the, the worst starters, uh, ERA-wise or, or whatever. He's also been one of the most protected starters. They've scored more runs for, for him than any other starter in their rotation. So starting off, bottom third, Marcus Simeon with an RBI single. It, it, it was tough because it was it was two outs, full count, you know. It, it, one of those guys, you just don't want to let him hurt you, but they went ahead and let him, you know, he got to him. Uh, bottom four. Uh, Nathan Lau with a two-run homer. It was a two-out, two-run homer, three-one count. It should have been ball four if you were watching the game. Uh, the pitch before that was clearly a ball. It was it was it was a the bad call. They kind of one of those I like, give them the strike type things. And 
the Astros are down, you know, 3-0, and, and their offense was lifeless. They just really didn't have it. And then the eighth inning happened. And, I, I mean, I don't know if you watched the game, but, man, I, it, I, it's much of a gift as you could possibly get, right? Yeah, and you just – they kind of deserved it after, you know, last night. It was a lot of soft contact. Uh, in the game that they blew the night before, nothing was clicking, you know, and it was just like, oh, this is just a gift from the Rangers. You know, they they took one from the Astros the night before, and yeah, the Astros only had five hits um, on on on, Sat- or on Tuesday and just four runs. You know, the Rangers out hit them, but, you know, just errors and just walks just killed the Rangers. And like the Astros posted, will the, re- the real Kings stand up? You know, Kyle Tucker smashing that two-run homer without batting gloves on. Just he, he looks like, He's going to be an all-star. I believe that. And he's just looking like the potential is just rising. You know, ceiling is rising. Yeah, just going into that inning a little bit. So the inning leads off with with Altuve. He gets on. Then Brantley hits a single. You got first and third. Nobody out. Got stuff cooking. Then Brantley hits like what should be a routine double play. And for whatever reason, Corey Seager decides to go home. He's trying to get that runner uh, out at home. Altuve gets caught in a rundown. The catcher throws over the third baseman. Altuve scores. Now you have second and third with nobody out. And the score is now three to one. Jordan hits an RBI ground out, scores uh, Brantley. And then Tucker, as you mentioned, came up with the two-run bomb, which, I mean, for a team that really needed a win, you know, you couldn't have asked for, you know, a better scenario. They, They were just looking lifeless, didn't really have it. You know, no energy in the clubhouse. And then Presley came on, got the save. And I think that that really led into what, what they did today. Like, when, when we're talking about today's game, I mean, it was like a totally different team. Like, we haven't seen that kind of run production. We haven't seen that kind of uh, uh, just just fun joy that, that they had today in a long time. Yeah, it, it, I was glad you mentioned that. It felt like a kickstart. You know, this team team got it going. Um, you know, they pieced together some good ABs, um, you know, early on, just getting on top of um, uh, Tyson Miller. And I, I have some friends that are Cubs fans and they were like, there's no way Tyson Miller is still starting games in major league baseball. And I was like, there's no reason that the Astros shouldn't put a five piece on them in the first inning. They scored six um, just <laughs> overall, just, you know, a great outing from the Astros. You know, if you attack early, you know, I, I looked like Luis Garcia, like Chandler Rome of the Houston Chronicle mentioned, you know, his, velocity fluctuates and he also had a very extended first inning uh you know tk and Blummer said they couldn't see him in the dugout on the you know on the from the camera angle he's probably probably in the the locker or the clubhouse or in the the cages throwing a little bit because this team just kept scoring you know they batted around in the first inning and it it just i hope this carries on you know you'd hope that a big you know winning like this even with an off day tomorrow you're going to carry it you know carry it on into the weekend against the white Sox, a team that's been struggling you know, you, these are the these are the games you want to take two wins or take the sweep, you know, to build those, you know, build a lead in the AL West. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really glad you mentioned it. it was a 31 pitch or 30 minute. I'm sorry. It was a 30 minute uh, top half of the inning for Luis Garcia. So you got to think he throws his warm up pitches. He's out in the bullpen, get it ready. And then he sat for quite some time. So he went on to pitch six innings of two run, four hit, nine strikeout baseball, which, which I mean, is only part of the story, right? The real story is, you know, the bottom of the second, the immaculate inning. And I mean, it was probably the last guy you expect to do it, right? 
Yeah, I, he's not the biggest strikeout guy. You know, he's going to fluctuate if he's going to be a ground ball pitcher, strikeout pitcher. Sometimes he'll only throw six, but just to see three strikeouts in an inning from Luis Garcia is a big deal. You know, in the inning after, he also threw three strikeouts. You know, wasn't an immaculate inning, gave up a home run in, in between the first two and the last one. But it's just even crazier that this isn't the first time Luis Garcia has thrown an immaculate inning. It doesn't count whatsoever, but in spring training of 2021, uh, before the 2021 season, he actually threw an immaculate inning and faced Luis Garcia of the Washington Nationals in the same outing. Just overall, just kind of a weird day for him. I remember being at that game and I was like, that's nine pitches. It's not going to count, but it's just a, a fun coincidence. Yeah, uh, truly amazing. I mean, he he didn't have to do it. We'll get into these numbers. I mean, obviously, you know, the Astros, like we've kind of, you know, hinted at. And if you've seen on social media or seen anything, the Astros really went to work today. Uh, the final score of the game was 9-2. Uh, it's led off by a six-run first inning. They loaded the bases for Jordan Alvarez. Talk about your dream situation, right? Uh, he hits an RBI double, scores two runs. Tucker comes back with an RBI ground out. It's now 3-0. Siri with an RBI single, 4-0. And then Maldi, Maldi had a day. Maldi hits an RBI double, scores two. That's six runs. They bet completely around. The Rangers countered with a uh, Adolis Garcia score on an error, which I don't know if you saw it or not, but I heard the, the ball went through his glove. Yeah, the ball went through Oledmus Diaz's glove at shortstop. Um, I think everyone saw and they're like, how did that ball get away from him? And it went through his glove. And TK and Blummer mentioned on the next inning or that during the next inning that Diaz switched gloves. So just overall, just a really weird situation. Uh, I'm definitely glad it happened today, you know, where it wasn't like a one run game where we're, we're you know, picking at it for no reason. Bottom of the third, Corey Seager with a homer. And, and that was pretty much it for the Rangers for the rest of the afternoon. Top four, Maldi with a homer and like a no doubter. I think it was 442 feet left field. Not, not, not cheap at all. And then Yuli, another guy we're dying to see get going. He hits a two run bomb in the top of the eighth inning, scores tuck and your scores nine to two Astros win. Yeah, and it just overall, those are two guys that have been struggling lineup. You know, those two and Bregman is what everyone's been talking about. You know, you don't expect Martin Maldonado to hit well, but he's hitting to like a 680 OPS in May, or sorry, in June right now. And it's just, he hit the ball hard. Uh, he had two really hard outs uh, above 90 miles per hour uh, today. He also had a double. You know, he was like a 70 mile, per hour, 70 mile per hour double, but it was also like a 960 expected batting average. So overall, just a great day at the plate. Probably Martin's best Best day overall. You know, he caught two immaculate innings. You know, he had a monster home run and a double. I'm glad you brought up the second immaculate inning. I was getting right to it. So, top, bottom of the second, Garcia gets his immaculate inning. Bottom of the seventh, Phil Maton comes into the game. He, too, throws an immaculate inning. First time, uh, two immaculate innings in one game. First time, two immaculate innings with the same three guys. Like, like if, if it wasn't crazy enough, it was the same three guys. So just an amazing performance. I mean, they showed uh, Phil Maton in the, in the clubhouse smiling. You know, everybody knows Phil. He's not a smiler. So definitely good to see. He's been struggling as well, too. So, you know, maybe this gets him going a little bit. Uh, I mean, they, they, they needed this game in, in a bunch of ways. The last two games have been really big. Yeah, just one quick note about those struggles for Maton. I took like a deeper dive probably two weeks ago, and just his slider doesn't look like the same pitch, but he threw nine fastballs for all of his pitches, and they couldn't time up anything. That, that, that's just incredible to me that, you know, for Luis Garcia, he mixed in a few different 
uh, pitches, probably like five of his pitches or four of his pitches. And Maton just threw his fastball the whole time. And I think that's just kind of impressive on his, on his part, just pitch placement and just identifying the zone and just overall great. That was a great outing for Maton kind of shows like a bounce back thing for him after you know, recent struggles. Um, but I also wanted to know about immaculate innings for the Astros is that I talked to a former Astros pitcher uh, in 2020, his name is Mike Magnanti. Uh, his son goes to high school or goes to college with me. His name is Luke. Uh, but Mike Magnanti was the final. He was cut by the A's during Moneyball in 2002. He's in the movie. But he threw an immaculate inning for the Astros and had no idea he threw one. Uh, the, no one told him. And then when we got to the clubhouse, reporters came up to him and were like, uh, how'd you feel about the, your immaculate inning? He had no idea what they were talking about. That's amazing. It's it's crazy because there's only I think there's only 105 of them now in history. So I mean, it's not like something that happens all the time. Especially when he threw one, I think it was only 24 in the 19 in 19 like 97. Awesome stuff. Uh, I it was it was interesting that you brought up about you know some of the pitch changing pitch selections. Urquidy also another guy. Uh, I saw something late after his game where he had given up on the cutter and went to sliders or whatever. Just try, you know, showing that they're they're making the adjustments they need to make to get back to being successful, which is, is something that you know, if if the Astros are going to struggle to score runs, they're going to need good pitching. Yeah, and especially I just want to jump back on that start uh, we talked about a little bit earlier about you know he has a pretty rough ERA this season at four nine nine, but he's also pitching terribly on the road. Uh, his ERA on the road this season after this past week or this you know, his past start was six two eight. At home, it's only two seven eight. You know, for a fly ball pitcher, I think this ballpark pretty you know helped him. It's kind of a pitcher's ballpark. It's a huge, huge ballpark, and just overall, that quality star really benefits him in the long run. So overall, great series win by the Astros. A definite boost uh, for for the the fans, the team, everybody around. You know, the last couple series I, I mentioned in the last podcast that we had, we'd run into some teams that were that were hot. They've been playing really well. This was a team that we faced and played really well against. So it was good to, you know, get that series win moving forward. They get the day off tomorrow, turn around, play a White Sox team that's struggling over the weekend. We get Framber and JV pitching over the weekend. So that's always good news. Uh, definitely looking forward to better baseball from the Strohs. Yeah. And then I think they have two games with the Mets to follow. They get Monday off. You know, there's a lot of off days recently. And then they pick up the Yankees at the back end of the week. So those are two good teams, two good tests, definitely for the team. You know, Verlander is going to be in one of those starts. Fromber is two, two guys that are going to have to be battle tested uh, for October. And we know they can both pitch in the postseason, um, but just getting those good outings now against contenders is really going to help them. Yes, sir. Definitely agree. After this short break, we're going to do a few fair fouls. Uh, see if uh, me and Kenny are on the same page, or you know, just definitely not agreeing about anything. And we're back. Welcome back to Astros Baseball. It is time for, I feel, the favorite section of the podcast, the fair or fouls. I feel like this is, uh, you know, you're either going to question your counterpart a little bit. You're going to feel a little bit better about the relationship. So here we go. Question number one. Catch up on eggs, Kenny. Fair or foul? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I, I got to go foul. Um, I think maybe if like you have some potatoes next to it and it kind of just gets mixed in, I think that's okay. But if you're putting ketchup straight on eggs, I, I got to call foul. 
So I totally agree. I, I don't, I don't feel you have to do ketchup on eggs. I'm going to do uh, some hot sauce, some salsa. There's a million different things. Ketchup is like, it's the furthest thing from my mind as far as on eggs. Uh, on, on a side note, are you a, are you a scrambled guy over easy? How do you take them? Yeah, I think, I think everyone, you know, grew up with some scrambled eggs. I think it's kind of an easier one to make. And I, I like scrambled eggs. I also like fried eggs. Um, I think just throw them in the frying pan is just get it going. I think, you know, that's also something I lean, lean towards. So definitely no to the yolk then. No, no to the yolk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm against it. All right. All right. Same, same. Absolutely. Question number two, more than one alarm in the AM, or I guess anytime fair or foul. More than one. I got to call fair. Um, I think I'm very like good at telling my alarm to stop after the first time. And if I tell it to stop, I go back to sleep. I'm going to miss what I'm doing. I got to call fair. I need more than one alarm. So I, I, I pose this question because I used to be the, the two, three alarm guy. Right. And then I was like, yeah, you know, I, I got to be better whatever. And then I bought a new mattress and now for whatever reason, I hit the snooze. I've been late to work like two or three times. Like I, I got to get back to two, three alarms, you know, to keep myself honest. But uh, I'm always curious how people, you know, are, are they, they think that's weird. You know, you should only have one alarm and be responsible. I don't know. I think you could build like a tolerance if you kind of get like maybe a, a month in of just doing one alarm and you're just used to it getting up. But I just can't do it. I need to get at least three in. And I always just set them a little bit, you know, like I set one 20 minutes before I need to get up and then I see it and I'm like, oh, I have 20 more minutes. I'm going to go back to sleep and I'll feel fine about it. So I think that's where I stand. For me this morning, I, I have an alarm. It's like 7.15. I got to be at work at eight and I'm like 10 minutes away from work. Man, I snoozed that thing and it was like 7.50 when I woke up <laughs> and it was everything I could do to get out of the house and get to work on time. Needless to say, there'll be two alarms at least tonight. Mm -hmm. Question number three, assigned seats at the movie theater, fair or foul? That's a good one. Um, I didn't know there was assigned seats at movie theaters until like two years ago, um, like pre-COVID. Probably I just like when I went to the movie theater my, near my house growing up, there was never assigned seats. Not many people went to movies, I guess, near my house. But um, I'm going to call foul. Uh, get to the movie on time, get your seat, get the seat you want. So I too feel it's foul. And I've got, I've got two stories. One, I, uh, I was taking my kids to go see the new Jurassic park movie on the weekend. And it came out like on Thursday night or Friday or whatever. So I go to, you know, get some seats and I look it up and there's like assigned seating and like, everybody is so weird about their seats. Right. So like, there's like, there's like four of us going, five of us going. And I can't find five seats together because it's like, all right, twos, threes, twos, threes, twos, threes. Everybody's like trying to spread out. So it makes it really tough. And then the, the horror story that I tell everybody, I went to a movie, I don't know, probably right before COVID. And I went to see Black Panther and I had signed seats then too. And I sat by this woman that brought like an entire entree of Popeye's in with her. And ate the whole thing next to me. And all I got was death stares from the rest of the building while she's crunching on chicken and, and eating mac and cheese and just sitting over there, just enjoying this whole meal. And everybody's looking at me like I'm doing it. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Like when 
you like get kind of tacked with like, pushed with other people that like you don't really maybe you just want to be around you kind of want, I, I don't know like seeing a movie and like i don't really like the whole packed theater kind of thing i'd like to be off to myself you know have my little spot um i know when i went to see the new spider-man we actually got my friends and i we got tickets that were assigned seats and there was just so many people at the movie theater no one abided to the assigned seats and so it's just at that point why even have assigned seats you know we got there 30 minutes before the movie, but there were, you know, diehard fans. It was the first day it was open. And it's just, it's kind of just like ridiculous. It's, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to abide by the rules of assigned seats. Are you a movie guy to the point where you like have to like go like, like a special movie where you got to go like that Thursday night, like midnight, whatever, when it first comes out? I I think Spider-Man, I think I was just waiting on it. I think I knew what was going to happen. I think everyone had like a hunch about, what was you know who was going to be in that movie so i know that was my childhood watching you know andrew garfield and uh, toby mcguire and just i needed to go see that movie the night of um my friends and i will usually wait till sunday um whenever the movie comes out the, the sunday after and there's usually no one there so that's just like a an easy thing for like marvel movies you know i've seen every single marvel movie i've seen every show and so we saw um eternals the sunday after and no one really went to go see eternals anyways but you know we were there uh, Doctor Strange, you know, we're there uh, the first weekend it's out. So, so Thor, what are you doing for Thor? Oh, um, that might be the night of. Uh, <laughs> Thor Ragnarok was my favorite Marvel movie like ever, and so I got to see Love and Thunder right away. Korg is my favorite character in Marvel, uh, the big rock guy. So, I got to see it. I just don't want to get spoiled. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. want anybody to hit me with a spoiler. So that may be one of those movies where I do that too. I mean, for the most part, I'll probably try to see the weekend of, you know, maybe not the night of, but, but Thor may be the one that changes that for me. Definitely. Well, that about does it for our show. Uh, any final thoughts? Want to tell the people how they can find you, what you're working on, anything like that? Uh, yeah. Um, well, my name's Kenny Van Doren. Uh, we've said that a few couple times, but on Twitter, I'm at the Vandalorian. Uh, it's like the Mandalorian, but with a V, uh, you know, like Star Wars. Um, I also write for Astro CTH. So it's Climbing Tows Hill. Uh, it's a fan-sided account. Uh, I am co-hosting uh, Astro's Future with Jimmy Price. Uh, I'm going to go to a, a Round Rock on Friday, go watch some baseball. The Express are playing the Space Cowboys. I'm um, really big into minor, the minor leagues, so if you ever have any questions, just hit me up. We'll definitely be doing that. Big fan of the Space Cowboys. Uh, there's a ton of talent down there. Really appreciate you taking time to, to do this with me. Uh, we had Jimmy on not too long ago. Amazing stuff. Y'all definitely check this guy out. Uh, uh, you got to know what's coming. You got you to see the new talent coming up. For Kenny, I'm your host, Tom. And that'll do it for this episode of an Astros Baseball Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.